Welcome to the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. Thank you so much for making this part of your Sunday morning, hopefully each and every week at 9 o'clock. I think we're also on the FM at 99.9 HD2. So if you go to 99.9 HD1, you find the country station. This is not country music. But uh, so that's how you know you're not listening to the country station right now. Yeah, you guys can't can't hear it. They can't see you dancing there. No? Oh, they missed it. That was worth the cost of admission right there, wasn't it? (laughs) Anyway, I got the cover charge from you when you came in, didn't I? I'll get you on the way out. So anyway, I'm talking to Imran Razvi, Daniel Razvi, and David Forsey. Those three, along with me, Troy Skinner, are all house church pastors, believe it or not. You can connect with us a variety of ways. The easiest thing to do, though, might be go to householdoffaithinchrist.com. Uh, that's my church's website, and I can help you connect with the other guys if that's what you're trying to do. If, of course, if you're trying to connect with me directly, personally, then that's a good way to do it, too. Householdoffaithinchrist.com. Of course, you can follow the show on the radio station's website as well. I think they still have one of those, wfmd.com. So we can, we can plug the radio station, too. I guess that's okay. So um, ho, 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 bah humbug and all that good stuff. Uh, somebody want to uh, put the non-Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer spin on uh, what's happening this weekend? Oh, I well, wish you a Merry Christmas and celebrate yes. the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ so that, uh, you know, there's hope. That's really what this season is about, is about hope. And that every one of you, every one of us, has that hope in Christ, and he came for each one of us to save us. So if you're at all hurting, desperate, depressed, you know there's hope. And if you want to find out more, contact Troy Skinner at his uh, home church and uh, find out where the hope is and how you can take a part of that. Amen. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't think either of you should add anything because you'll just ruin what he just said probably. It's like very well said. So let's jump right back into the nastiness that's got everybody depressed and concerned and feeling like there is no hope. We were talking about it last week. We'll pick up this week. Uh, and the, the general theme of last week's show had to do with the powers that be, the they, right? The they that are trying to control everything. And uh, as David Forsey rightly pointed out, they don't have anywhere near as much control as they think they have. But they do have some control because they're making a lot of people's lives miserable <laughs> right now. So they don't have ultimate control, but they are wielding some um, proximate control uh, at, the, at the very least, it would seem uh, to me. And if you want to get into the uh, the really deeper aspects of this, the conspiracy theory uh, aspects of this, you start to question everything. You question what they're telling you about those darn shots. You question what they're telling you about uh, the, the, the numbers of, of uh, deaths and illnesses with a particular uh, virus, which shall for now go unnamed just because we want to you know, not get caught up in the algorithm swamp until we <laughs> absolutely have to. <laughs> Um, but also the election from last year, the November election, highly controversial uh, still to this day. And, and um, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, how I'm completely uh, – I, I was persuaded as it was happening that something funny was going on because I was watching it happen in real time. I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. And then sure enough, come to find out that all the things I was wondering about, there's – you know, there, there are people who are testifying to it and there's video evidence and there's all sorts of data stuff. I don't want to talk about that so much because we did at least brush over it slightly a few weeks ago, I think. But I do want to talk about what happened a couple of months later on January 6th 
in uh, Washington, D.C., there was a, I don't know what they called it. It was an election integrity rally. It might Some people might have positioned it as a stop the steal rally. I can't remember what the official name, if it even had one. Maybe it was just a variety of groups who got down there. And it was at least hundreds of thousands of people were there. Some are suggesting it might have been a million or more, two million. I I don't know. And a few of them walked through an open door into the People's Building. Yeah, so I, I do want to talk a little Peacefully. bit about that in the context of this thing that I never really thought about before, but this, but it's become in vogue to use the term PSYOP, right? Some sort of a psychological warfare, a psychological operation with a false flag, a false flag operation. So, in fact, there was just one um, the first weekend in December – where they, what they call the the Patriot Front or something like that, uh, some bunch, a couple hundred guys maybe, while wearing khakis and blue tops and and white masks over their face, uh, went marching through D.C. and a lot of people are saying that those aren't actual patriots, that they're not protesting the government, that they're a bunch of FBI agents in Halloween costumes. Idea. <laughs> how do we know? How do we how do we figure out? And how does a Christian try to have discernment? With something like, I mean, even Ashley Babbitt, that's the woman who was shot and killed on January 6th as she was trying to climb through the window. Exactly. Allegedly. Exactly. I mean, you see the video. Looks like she was shot and killed. But other people, oh, she, that's a psyop. That's a false flag. She was in on it. She wasn't actually killed. They were trying to stir people up and get there to be a larger rot. How do we know? How does a Christian figure out how to exercise discernment and figuring this stuff out? I think a lot of it has to do with finding and staying with your priorities. What are our priorities as a believer? There's plenty of things that we can wonder about and and have questions about, but in the end, do they really matter? What does matter is the gospel. Keep preaching the gospel and do our best to understand who's, uh, you know, uh, who's on the Lord's side and fellowship with other believers, but uh, there are there's a lot of things that are on the fringe that really are hard to hard to discern and maybe not possible to really know for sure but are they are they all extremely important i don't think they they should have as much importance as people assign to them sometimes i i would i would say they're not ultimate right but they're important we want to know if we can trust our government <laughs> we, well, we, are, know, we no, we already know we can't right for the last 200 years we knew we can't so does that mean That's, that we should just kind of have our default position be Everything the government says is 99.999% chance it's not true. Is, should that be the default position? Is that a healthy position for us to take? And how does that, how think, does that then play? I think that's the position that the founding fathers took. I think, I think they understood that man is evil. We are sinners. And when you put sinners in power, they're going to continue to sin. So everything that they do is, is a problem. That's why the founding fathers put so many checks and balances to prevent the government from doing uh, things. That's your view of uh, history. You obviously haven't <laughs> studied the 1619 Project. Changes all that. Turns it on its head. Uh-huh. <laughs> Seriously. And then my concern is I don't want us, uh, the four of us in the room, but I don't want us as believers to fall prey to something that has really, <clears throat> it's a tsunami through the culture, through society. And that's this postmodern idea that Sometimes postmodernism is defined as um, there is no truth. Right. And sometimes it gets lived out as, well, you have your truth, I have my truth. But I think as I've 
I think it's gotten to be a little more nuanced uh, of, over time. And now I think that most of the postmoderns, what they're arguing is there may or may not be truth, but we can't know it for sure. That's the postmodern mindset. We can't really know the truth for sure. Well, okay, with regards to our government, we've just said maybe that's the case. With regards to our media, maybe that's the case. With regards to what's coming out of my mouth right now, maybe that's the case. How would anybody know? Well, I mean, I think one thing to that we sort of have to make uh, come to grips with, be it at peace with is that there there is only so much that there is only so much that we can know you know i'm i'm not saying that you know that we can't know anything i'm saying we can know a lot of things but in the in the large scheme of all that there is to know there's very few things that we can actually know um what we we live in an interesting informational age, uh, an overload of information. And I think that makes us feel like, you know, maybe we should know a lot more and should have a lot better grasp on all the ins and outs of all the things, all the happenings, you know, all the, all the doings of all the powers uh, that be. But um, I, I think one of the things that, I, I feel like we, we're becoming more and more, uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know, like a nation of, of busybodies, you know, like of, uh, of, uh, of, of rumor mongers and, and gossips. I mean, that's, you know, it, if we are trying to go beyond our actual knowledge, what we can actually know and actually do something useful with a piece of information then you know I, anyway I, I think I think that connects into how Christians should should think about you know the all the things out there that people have different stories about I think it comes down to where does your hope lie where does your faith lie God is not any respecter of man or king or, or kingdom or or government um, look at Pharaoh. He thought he was in control. But God hardened his heart for his purposes, for his glory. Look at uh, any number. Look what was that king that was uh, uh, seven years in the fields eating grass. He was in charge of the whole world. Nebuchadnezzar, in charge of the whole world at that point. And God was no respecter of man and his power. And same thing now. Look at uh, Judas Iscariot. You know, He thought he was doing something. It was in God's plan. All this is God's plan. So those of you that are worried and not knowing what's going to happen and how scary things are, how the government's lying or the so-and-so's lying, it doesn't really matter. If your hope lies in God, then you study his word and you put, build your faith on him. And the amazing thing is the more you study his word, the more hungry you become for his word and the more grounded you become and the less fearful you are. And then these things don't really matter. And we're... We're called to. I I, I don't know that um, we're we're given too many good things to do. Like God has tasked us with plenty to keep us busy without um, 
worrying about all of the things that there are to worry about. Um, you know, working so that we can meet our own needs and have something to give to others. Um, you know, caring for our families, loving our neighbors. Um, yeah. You were leaning in like you are going to say something. No, I I think David uh, mentioned something in passing, which you can dive a little deeper and, and focus on where, you know, we live in information overload we see a lot of evidence lately that things that certain people say are not true. And it's very easy to find evidence contradicting any viewpoint you want. You, even on Google, and, and people argue Google's biased, you can still find opposing views on pretty much every subject just by using Google search, right? That's something that wasn't really possible 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 years ago there was much less readily available information. And so I don't know that it's necessarily true that things are more misleading and, or government is less trustworthy now than they were in the past. It's, it's more that it's easier to find evidence that that is the case now than it was in the past. And it's easier to manipulate data and, and, um, and news than it was in the past because it was easier to be visible now, I think, now, at the same time, there's been more and more of falling away from Christ, especially in this country, and less moral people in general in our citizenry. I think that has an impact as well because those people are the government. They are the major corporations. They are the, uh, the mom-and-pop stores. They're made up of people that live in this country, and if less of us are saved now than were before, that is going to have an impact on the – uh, amount of lies that are told by everybody. I think as as uh, as a matter of scale, uh, things have changed, and so you're, I mean, absolutely, there's there's been uh, deception and lying from the government for as long as there's been human government. Uh, so it's not like that's a new thing. And you're right that we can go and we can find more of it because of the technology that exists. So that's all true. But also it can happen at a larger scale and it can happen faster now because of that same technology. I, I find it hard to imagine how, how easily it would be to orchestrate um, if the suspicions of the people like Mike Lindell are true. Mike Lindell, who uh, would appear to be a Christian brother, by the way, has spent a lot of money and has lost a lot of his personal fortune because of boycotts against his MyPillow products uh, as he's advanced uh, his investigation into the election results of November 2020. Um, It's hard to imagine what happened in 2020 happening in 1920 if what Mike Lindell and those who agree with him are alleging when we're talking about the switching or the addition of potentially tens of millions of votes. Te- the technology is has allowed that to happen. So the same technology allowing to dig and compare different points of view is the same technology that's allowing for all these bad things maybe to happen on a scale that's up until now not been possible. And so a guy like Mike Lindell, he's I think he would argue, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes, he's a Christian. I think he's motivated by righteous ideals. Uh, honoring God, 
And he might argue that the way to love our neighbors in this country is to ensure that we have free and fair elections moving forward. And if we didn't just have one, we need to call that out, have it be identified. Those who are guilty uh, be you know, pulled into court uh, to deal with it uh, and to put measures in place to make sure it doesn't happen again. That's all good stuff, right? He's not merely providing for his needs and his family needs, but he is providing for the larger need, yeah, right? Well, I, I mean, I think... In uh, his mind, anyway. Yeah. I, and, and maybe let me just amend what I said earlier to say, you know, uh, that different different people will have different different uh, types of work to do. And, uh, you know, and the the more... You know, God gives some people more more wealth and more influence, more resources, you know, a, a larger voice. And so, um, you know, and so, so with that comes a responsibility to love well all those who, you know, are within the sound of their voice and all those who they are able to, um, you know, help, whether it's, you know, by bringing the truth to light. So th- does that make sense? Yeah, kind of either know your lane or find your ne- lane and then yeah. stay in your lane and, I, I guess, and not be distracted I, by I things you can't affect. I see a lot affect. of people worried about things that are, that, are, that, are, that, that are bigger than they are, that they won't be able to do anything about. I mean, we can, you know, we can also go on the Internet and, and find... You know all of the disasters and horrible things that have happened all over the world. You know, in the last you know few months that have you know brought devastation to groups of people and families and you know nations and things. You know, does it does it help us to continually stay abreast of that? Like, are we able to do something with that information, or or do we just become numb to you know, to to the horrible state that so many people live in around the world. Yeah, we end up living voyeuristic virtual lives, yeah, right? Exactly. As opposed to living our own lives. And and I think that ties in I I think that's something we need to check in ourselves because that is that's the busybody aspect that you know, that God says is 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 wicked, is evil. And the the personal responsibility part is something that's not hammered home nearly as well as it could be, in my opinion. So um, I'm agreeing with your heart on that. So many people I know are railing against, you know, the school systems doing a horrible job and they're indoctrinating my children and they're not even keeping them safe. You know, there's a story this month with uh, Frederick County Public Schools getting in trouble for uh, abusing special needs children, you know, uh, you know, basically locking them in closets and that kind of thing, you know. I mean, it's uh, uh, horrible stuff. And, yeah, that should be fixed and changed and addressed. But if you've got a child in the school system, start with what you can most directly affect, which is get your kids out of the public school system. Continue to affect change for all the other families who maybe are still, you know, have their kids in that system. But get your kids out of the burning building while you then call the fire department to try to put the fire out. Yeah, that, that cannot be emphasized enough. You know, those this, there's so many parents that are very – angry supposedly apparently with the things that are going on in the schools and and they're they're what they're doing about it is waiting until next quarter's board meeting and show up and speak for two minutes 
Well, that means your kid is in that school for 90 more days until that happens. <laughs> you pull them out of school. Yeah. If, if you're concerned they're being, you know. I just in. don't know that the parents, most of them, really have come to terms with how dangerous intellectually, emotionally, developmentally that the situation is for their I kids. I think also it doesn't occur to people that that's an option. Many people do not consider that homeschooling is even an option. Maybe we should have a, uh, a couple uh, talks about how that works. But, you know, people have this imagination that you must be a college professor level of an educator to be able to and, – and, and a stay-at-home uh, a, a person or parent at the same time to be able to adequately teach your child, which is just not the case. Right. Yeah, yeah, we will maybe yeah maybe we will devote uh, a show or two specifically to those kind. We have touched on that in the past a little bit here and there. We peppered it in, uh, and sometimes your skill set. I mean, we picked a really simple one. You have kids in school, and you're upset about how the school are handling things. Get them out. But if you happen to have the connections and the wherewithal and the and the uh, you know the resume, you know when. Um, Facebook and Instagram and and uh, Twitter and all those things were censoring so with their quote unquote fact checkers. <laughs> uh, Andrew Torba, I don't know if that name means anything to you guys, but he decided I'm going to do something about that, and he founded his own platform called Gab. Now, he has put his platform up as a it's a free speech platform, and um, almost nothing will get taken down off of Gab, as my understanding. He has to be a really overtly like threatened against somebody's life or something like that for it to get taken down. Otherwise, it's pretty much anything goes. So it's a little bit of the wild, wild west, which is, of course, what's attractive about it, right? Hey, anything goes. It's free speech. But then a lot of people who are bashing Jewish people or uh, advocating for white supremacy or things like that, they, they, they end up having a voice in Gab. And so Andrew Torba ends up getting uh, accused of being an anti-Semitic and a white supremacist and I don't know how true any of that is. Apparently, he's he's recently converted to Christianity within the last few years. So hopefully he's not anti-Semitic. <laughs> but that, the point of me bringing that up, though, is there's a guy who obviously knew something about that, had some connections that he was able to, you know, wield and become the contractor on his new business venture. And he's put up a very competitive product that has a lot of people jumping on. It's still not as big as Twitter and Facebook, but it's growing and growing. Maybe, so what are you good at? You know, what, what's your sphere of influence? You know, what's your talent level? What's your education prepared you to do? And then figure out how to do that and go about doing that work and not worry about what, uh, what the, the mayor of a small city in Indonesia decided to do last right. week, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got, uh, let me see here. We've got like one and a half minutes. So... We started off with a ho 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 and and all that sort of stuff. Do we want to put a bow on it and uh, and kind of a a holiday season's greetings Christmas message? You have Christmas. something you want to you guys want to share? Put a plug in for Johnny Walrus. Johnny Walrus. Johnny the Walrus book. I, I like to plug the Johnny the Walrus book. It's a great book. It really does address the LGBTQ movement, and it's the number one selling book for children LGBTQ. So if you get a chance, check it out. Is that a Christmas book? You can use it as a Christmas gift, I guess. It could be a Christmas a late, gift. A late Christmas present. Or, well, if you're Eastern Orthodox, you haven't celebrated Christmas yet. So It's by Matt Walsh. And, uh, you know, if you can't argue with him, then join them and uh, become the best-selling author in their own uh, platform. 
Yeah, there you go. I mean, we've got, you know, just a few seconds. What we're doing right now is an example of what we're talking about. You know, we could be keyboard warriors and blast out on social media, and sometimes we do that maybe. Uh, but also, we've got an opportunity to do a half-hour show on WFMD and turn it into a podcast and do Facebook Live with it and all that sort of stuff. So that's something we're able to do. What can we personally do to try to make a difference, to try to share the truth and that sort of thing? So this, this is one of our things, being the pastors of house churches. You know, what can we do? The church has lost its freaking mind. What are we going to do about it? I know. We'll do our own thing. And know that it's going to be biblical because, you know, uh, we haven't lost our mind like the LGBTQ pastors that are out there, right? So, um, all right, well, that's going to be the last word. I get the last word this week. I'm loving that. Um, Oh, I forgot. What the heck? We're going out with no music? Oh, I hate when that happens. I hate when that happens. I don't know what happened. I thought I timed it out right. I must have mistimed it. So... Uh, just imagine Jingle Bells or uh, Batman Smells, Robin laid an egg or something like that going on in the background as as we say uh, so Christmas. long. Merry Christmas. Till next week, God bless.